Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Friday, September 2nd. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. This week, the California legislature passed a bill to create a government panel that would set wages for fast food workers in the state. They would be able to set hourly wages of up to $22 an hour. Fast food operators are mobilizing against the bill, saying it will drive up operating and labor costs and lead to price increases for consumers. Unions, on the other hand, are praising the decision, and other states are keeping an eye on the developments with the possibility of adopting similar legislation. Heather Haddon, restaurants reporter at The Wall Street Journal, joins us for What to Know. Next, we are increasingly seeing anxious and depressed teenagers use multiple psychiatric drugs, a practice called polypharmacy. The problem is that many of the medications might not be tested in adolescents or tested for use together. Often this path starts with drugs used to treat ADHD, and other medications get added on to treat side effects or dull the effects of some drugs. A study from 2020 found that over 40% of people ages 2 to 24 were prescribed ADHD drugs were also prescribed at least one other medication for mood and behavioral disorders. Matt Richtel, reporter at the New York Times, joins us for more. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Organizing together to be able to sit across a table and solve problems at a statewide level is a way that the workers have enough power to be able to actually solve their problems on the job. Joining us now is Heather Haddon, restaurants reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Heather. Thanks so much. Well, there's some interesting movement going on in California. The legislature there just passed a bill that would basically, uh, if passed by the governor, by Governor Gavin Newsom, it would create kind of a, a panel to oversee the wages for fast food operators. They could be raising wages as high as $22 an hour even. So, you know, we'll have to see what a, a panel would come up with. But right now, you know, it's getting uh, some praise on one side, opposition by fast food operators. They're mobilizing against this bill. A lot of people look to California for some of the progressive policies that they enact, and hopefully things can be enacted in other states. Um, so it, it has potential to really become something. So, Heather, tell us a little bit more about what the legislature passed and then kind of all the fallout from it. Yeah, so this bill, as currently uh, adopted by the legislature, would create uh, councils that are appointed by the governor and the legislature of you know, fast food workers, uh, their allies, kind of union types, and then business on the other side. And 
franchisors and companies. And they say these, uh, I believe it's a 10-member body, would be able to set wages that fast food chains, the ten, uh, 100 or more locations nationally would have to follow for their workers. So this is first-in-the-kind legislation. It hasn't been tried in the U.S. before. And clearly a lot of people have opinions on it. So for workers and union groups, this is a huge victory. I mean, they've been looking to try to uh, do something like this for forever. Whereas for fast food franchisees and companies, they really are dead set against this and are trying to trying to really defeat it. Um and try to sway the governor not to sign it. And when we're looking at places that would be affected, we're talking about places like Starbucks, McDonald's, Burger King, In-N-Out, right? Chipotle, some of the top fast food chains uh, in the state. Yeah, and these are, you know, these are all national fast food chains, but a lot of them have a lot of units in California. It's a big state, it's a lot of people, and these this is a big market for them. So it could really impact their wage structure. So how much would this be impacting some of those restaurants? I know there's some estimates out there of what it can do, but you know, if you set wages that high, right, that's going to increase their operating costs, their labor costs. And uh, you know, they say right away that would be passed on as price hikes to consumers. Yes, yeah, so all we have now is studies. Um, and you know, one of the studies that was supported by opponents d- does say that these kind of wage increases of something like $22 moving to that hourly rate would potentially cause huge price increases for consumers, you know, just double digit pricing uh, increases. And talking to operators who oppose it, they do say that there's no way that they could just absorb all this cost and they would have to pass along some to consumers. Um, You know, supporters just say that there's no evidence of that, that they just don't think all this would be borne by consumers that, you know, that the impact would be less substantial and, you know, maybe some of these operators would gain more workers. I mean, there has been this great resignation. A lot of folks have had a hard time filling their restaurants. So maybe this would actually help them. Right. Yeah. And and so one of the interesting things with this, and, and, you know, there's no, you know, set thing that they would raise wages to $22 an hour automatically, right? I mean, I know that number has been thrown out there, but it's not like, boom, it would just jump up to 22 right away. But what does this do to smaller restaurants? You know, maybe, you know, because they're not going to be beholden to this and, you know, they might be paying lower wages now. Now, what do they do if there's a worker shortage on their side? Because people are jumping ship to some of these fast food restaurants that might have that better wage increase. Yeah, that is one of the concerns that uh, some of these smaller businesses were spared after negotiations on this bill, but they could still feel some of the impact if they can't find enough workers. You know, I mean, the state's minimum wage, I think it's at fifteen fifty now. I mean, so there is there is definitely a gap if it went to $22. Um, 15 50, you know, is not insignificant compared to some other states, but sure. still that's not the same as $22 an hour. And, you know, we talk about California and a lot of times because big things happen in the state, other states take notice, and then sometimes they adopt some similar things. You know, some of the California activists have already met with fast food workers in New York and Illinois about passing similar legislation. This one's called the FAST Act, by the way. That's what they called it. So it already passed the legislature. Governor Gavin Newsom has until the end of September to either sign the bill or veto the bill. 
what have we heard as far as his part, uh, any support on him? Because I know, I think his finance department was opposing this right now. Yeah, we really don't know what he's going to do. Um, but, you know, from our reporting, we do think some of his top administrators have had some influence on this bill leading to what actually passed. I mean, there was a lot of amendments that happened in the in the last week. And, you know, some of these sources think that the, that does reflect to some degree the governor's opinion. And, you know, maybe he is going to support this. But opponents are really doing anything they can to defeat it. I mean, they are not going to go down without fighting because they really think this is dangerous. Oh, yeah. They've already signaled they're going to spend a lot of money and lobbying efforts already, too. I mean, they already have been, but they're going to uh, do even more to get the attention of Governor Gavin Newsom. So just an interesting thing. I mean, it has the potential to help a lot of people. But again, for these fast food operators right away, again, we're increasing their costs. And they've said, you know, California increasingly becoming the state where it's hard to do business. But an interesting uh, thing. So we'll keep an eye out and see if the governor does uh, actually pass this. Heather Haddon. Restaurants reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. They do not get at the root causes of the issue. And so sometimes what you wind up with is the prescription of multiple medications in an effort to get rid of symptoms um, that really do need a multifaceted approach that includes counseling, therapy, other methodology. Joining us now is Matt Richtel, reporter at the New York Times and author of the recently released Inspired Understanding Creativity. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about an interesting article you wrote up for the Times about 
polypharmacy. So this is kind of the practice of prescribing multiple medications. And unfortunately, what's happening right now is that a lot of teens are being prescribed multiple medications. Sometimes these medications haven't been uh, specifically tested for adolescents. Sometimes they haven't been tested to be used in conjunction with a number of other medi medications, which is what's been happening. And in this story, you profiled Renee Smith. She was prescribed 10 psychiatric drugs at once. And uh, I mean, you know, for a variety of different things to address different things. And uh, she's not alone. There's a lot of kids out there that are going through something like this. So, Matt, help us walk through some of this. What are we seeing? Yeah, let me just clarify. She was she was prescribed 10 medications in high school. Not, not all did she take simultaneously, but multiple at the same time. And and more than that, um, after she graduated. So um, she is emblematic of a, a really uh, potent trend um, that goes along with the rise in mental health challenges faced by adolescents these days. First, let me just ask, how much are you familiar with this this mental health crisis young people are experiencing? Well, we talk about it a lot on uh, the podcast here and what's going on. Obviously, things being exacerbated by the pandemic, bouts of loneliness and, and all this stuff. So, you know, we have been talking about some of this stuff, but this kind of notion of prescribing multiple drugs at once, uh, you know, to address yeah. similar issues, it could be a problem. And uh, and so, so to that end, not familiar with this part, this practice of polypharmacy. Yeah. I'm glad you that's great context. And, you know, you, you point out that there's been a generational shift. My generation, without dating myself too much, what public health worried about among adolescents, you know, 20 years ago was binge drinking, cigarette smoking, um, uh, teen sex, pregnancy, um, drugs. Those have all gone down. You've seen a rise in these mental health disorders. I mentioned that in preface to why we're seeing the multiple medication use is because that shift to mental health distress really has not been well recognized um, and and dealt with by the public health authorities, by schools, by governments, by medical systems. And so what's happened is when you have young people in great distress, oftentimes medications are being used as stopgap measures to help with very acute distress, but they do not get at the root causes of the issue. And so sometimes what you wind up with is the prescription of multiple medications in an effort to get rid of symptoms um, that really do need a multifaceted approach that includes counseling, therapy, other me methodologies. So tell me a little bit about Renee Smith and her story, because as I mentioned, she was taking multiple things. She was prescribed drugs for seizures and migraines, even though she didn't have those, but they can be used to stabilize mood. Uh, she was she was experiencing a lot of depression and, uh, you know, returning to school is really throwing her into despair. Um, but she had, uh, you know, as I mentioned, those medications, she used other medications that were for schizophrenia mostly, but, you know, it addresses some, some other part of what she was going through. And this is kind of the issue where all these multiple medications can be used to address maybe one little part of it, but right, the overall thing, it might not even be touched. Medications can be extremely useful when properly prescribed, when the right medication is found. N there is no hint in this story that medications, antidepressants, anti-anxiety drugs, uh, mood disorder drugs don't have a place in the conversation. They well do. But Renee Smith is an example of where uh, she kept getting prescribed 
medication after medication um, in an effort to make her feel uh, more, I guess, perfect. And as you alluded to, the litany of medications included ones that are not specifically um, um, in, in, intended for her condition, but that doctors have heard anecdotally or that some modest research may show can help resolve some of these system, symptoms. To be frank with you, I can't even pronounce some of these medications. The list is long and complicated, and I would urge listeners, if they're interested, to read this story because um, she has a laundry list, and we, and we tell the story of another uh, young person in the story who went to Walgreens recently with a list of something like eight psychiatric or psychotropic medications, and the pharmacist came out from behind the the counter, you know, there there's right. that counter in Walgreens, and said, I'm sorry, are these all for you? It's worth noting, as you said, there's not been a lot of research on these combinations. Some of them are not specifically approved by the FDA for use in adolescence, but doctors have a wide berth to prescribe what they see as necessary to help a patient. So that is where um, that is where doctors can ultimately make the call. And a lot of these, uh, you know, this kind of path to polypharmacy often starts with drugs that are used to treat ADHD, which is interesting because we're gearing up to do another story on the podcast about some of these telehealth companies advertising on TikTok with specifically for ADHD medication. But there was a study published in 2020 in the Journal of Pediatrics that found that 40% of people ages 2 to 24 were prescribed a drug for ADHD, and they were also prescribed at least one other medication for depression, anxiety, other mood or behavioral disorders. And more than 50 of those different medications, as you mentioned right now, you know, weren't necessarily tested for adolescents, weren't necessarily tested to be prescribed in such of these combinations that we're getting, you know, all these litany of different yeah, uh, can drugs. I, can I pull that apart? Let's just sure. start with the ADHD piece. Renee was, began with ADHD. Again, let's let me be very clear. ADHD, properly diagnosed and properly treated, can, can be really, really helpful. Um, it is a condition that is complex to diagnose correctly, um, is, is both underdiagnosed and overdiagnosed in this country, experts will tell you. But it tends to open the door to additional medications. One of the reasons for that is that Sometimes people have, um, someone with ADHD may have a, a, an additional condition that goes along with it, or the ADHD could cause some um, difficulty for the person who feels um, like they're struggling. So there can be good reason to have multiple medications. But what experts told me, um, and the people who study this very closely, is what can wind up happening is you can have um, some side effects from ADHD that get where another drug comes in. You can get parents who start to feel like, well, my kid is taking one med and is dealing with something else and I really don't want to go to counseling or I can't afford counseling. Can you provide a medication? My kid's already taking medication. You can have a provider, meaning a doctor, who feels a lot of pressure to help resolve these symptoms. A medication may not be the best way, but it may be what um, everyone in the situation feels like is the most the easiest way to deal with it. And so you've sort of opened the door with the ADHD medication in the first instance. Because ADHD is so widely diagnosed, you therefore have a pool of people who have sort of opened the door here. 
And, and all the conversations you had with doctors and even these families with their teens going through this stuff, what did they say about this notion of medicalization of adolescents? Because Renee Smith, her problem, uh, at least as the story goes, right, she was really worried, this anxiety about starting that new school year, going to school and all that. And, you know, there's this kind of school of thought that basically, you know, we're just using all these drugs to dull some of the angst that's part of adolescence. What's kind of the, the feeling that you got w- with regard to that? This is where things get very, very complicated, um, and and there are people with very strong feelings about this. Um, on on one of the most end of the spectrum are experts in the field who will say, "Look, adolescence is necessarily um, uh, it, it oftentimes includes anxiety and angst, and that is that is normal, if you will." Um, on the other side are people who will point out that there are really there are periods of extreme acute distress uh, that manifest as self-harm or suicidal uh, behavior. And in those cases, um, you, you, you need to use a medication to get people to be able to um, listen, the young people to be able to um, uh, uh, be treated even with therapy. I think that there's a middle ground there probably, and that middle ground recognizes that young people today are under an extreme amount of duress. And if you look at our series more broadly, we point out why that is. Puberty is hitting earlier than it has before. That makes young people very susceptible to um, social information, to competitive information, hierarchical information is, in fact, it makes young people crave that information as a way of trying to understand the world and where they fit in. But that brain change is colliding with an onslaught of information provided by the internet and a technologically fast-paced world. And so for young people who are overcome by that, it may be that they need help to cope. That doesn't mean they need multiple medications that we haven't studied. It means that they may need some, medic, um, some drug assistance. Well, there's a lot of great detail in the story, as Matt said, uh, that we couldn't get to right here a little bit more on Renee Smith's story herself. So I suggest everybody does go out and check out the story. Matt Richtel, reporter at the New York Times and author of Inspired, Understanding Creativity. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this is your Daily Dive. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.